Welcome everyone to the Progressive Podcast, the podcast that will help progress your health and fitness goals, enabling you to enjoy life more by having a healthier and more active lifestyle. I'm your host, Aaron Williams, and I'm sat with my co-host, Luke Lamont. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about six lifestyle principles you must adopt in 2019. So, Luke, how are you? All good, mate. All good. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, so today we're actually over Skype. Um, so if it sounds a little bit different to normal, um, we've had a bit of a snow day. So Luke living in the middle of nowhere uh, is stuck in the snow. <laughs> um, so cool. We'll get straight into it. Um, so we've got, we've got five points. And we'll go into each point and I'll just get Luke's opinion on each one first. So first one we've got is neat. So Luke, what do you mean when you say neat as a lifestyle principle? So neat then first off is an acronym for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Um, The fancy word at the end is basically just you're burning calories. So non-exercise activity. Um, so it's basically how active you are day to day without actually exercising. And this could be whether you go and make a cup of tea in the kitchen. It could be whether you go for a walk. It could be whether you choose to take the stairs rather than a lift or the escalator. It could be that you choose to, again, walk instead of driving. Um, it's just these little activities that you do on a day to day basis. So what you want to try and adopt is that you're as active as physically possible without exercise so if there's a chance where you can walk instead of drive you know take that chance take that opportunity um and just try and uh be as active as possible because these are like little little wins that you can get little um little calorie burning moments that come throughout the day that are pretty much effortless in all honesty aren't they um and, you know, they're popular now because of step trackers and stuff like that, whether you've got Fitbit or an Apple Watch or, you know, some sort of other tracker. The common one people go for tends to be 10,000 steps, which equates to, you know, roughly five miles. Um, I personally have a client, so I don't really get them to track steps. And that's because you can get steps by doing this. That looks dodgy. But you can get steps by doing that and um, just shaking your wrists and stuff like that. Um, so what I do is I get them to track the distance. And instead of getting 10,000 steps, I want them to get five miles. So that equates to roughly 10,000 steps. Um, Obviously, if you're waving your wrist backwards and forwards, it's not really going to clock up the distance. Um, But with the steps, it will get up. So your non-exercise activity, you know, forget the thermogenesis part, is essentially just being active without actually exercising. Yeah, I um, I think it's massive for people that have like desk jobs as well. So um, something I say to um, a lot of clients that I have that have a desk job in order to increase their need is every now and again, just every hour, make make a habit of just getting up and just walking to the toilet. That's just going to burn that a little bit more rather than being sat down all day throughout the day, as well as helping your posture a little bit. Obviously, you don't want to be sat down all yeah. day. Um, Mobility as well. Yeah. But like, like Luke said, um, if you've got a chance to walk, maybe on your lunch break or something, um, walk to the shop instead of driving around. 
Um, it might it might be cold outside like it is it is today, but make make that point of walking around rather than getting in the car and driving around, and that's going to make a massive impact on the on your goal and helping you achieve that weight loss goal if that's if that's what your goal is. Cool. Yeah, it's one of those that's um, you know we've said it before marginal gains. It's one of those marginal gains that adds up over time that equate to this bigger this bigger outcome at the end of it. You know, you don't really notice it at the time. You don't really feel it at the time. But come the end of the day and especially come the end of the week, you know, that could be potentially 700 calories more burnt, you know, 100 calories per day just by moving that slight more, you know. So um, it's just making a habit of it and it's implementing it into your lifestyle. You know, this is why it's a lifestyle principle. Perfect. Right, we'll move on. Um, so the next one is sleep. So, Luke, why do you think sleep is an important factor of um, a lifestyle principle to adopt? So sleep then, obviously, it determines so much of what we do on a day-to-day basis, whether it's our choices uh, when it comes to our food, whether it's our mood, whether it's how much effort we put into uh, our training, whether it's helping us choose to walk or choose to drive you know all this is massively impacted by our sleep um a big misconception out there is that you should get your eight hours sleep now that's not entirely true i mean if you feel great after eight hours sleep by all means have your eight hours um but there's a lot of research done now and there's a great book out there ironically called sleep by nick Littlehales, and he's a big advocate of um waking up and going to, uh, sorry, waking up and going to sleep at the same time every day, but you're to have anywhere from, you know, one and a half hours sleep to three hours sleep to, uh, what it, four and a half hours sleep, six hours, basically so that it's every hour and a half that you're getting, which is a full REM cycle. So you want to be waking up either after seven and a half hours sleep or nine hours sleep rather than the eight hours. So if you're waking up on eight hours, then that's going to be midway through a cycle. So the most you know, optimal for most people is going to be between seven and a half hours sleep and nine hours sleep, either one. Um, some people can get by on six. I personally go between seven and a half and nine, and that just suits me. Um, but I mean, the main thing with sleep is that it's going to help you recover. It's going to help you feel refreshed in the morning. And this is, again, why it comes back to going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time so your body's in some sort of routine um, and it knows what it's doing. It knows that when you wake up in the morning, it's go time, not like, oh, it's 7 o'clock, this is new, I should be asleep, or this is 10 o'clock in the morning, this is new, I should be asleep. Having that same sort of pattern in your life is going to help massively. It's going to help like I say, with decisions, and it's going to help with recovery. Yeah. I was actually listening to a podcast by Ben Bergeron where he was talking about sleep. Um, he said that ideally going to sleep at 10 o'clock and, and going through to like around six, I know that's like the eight hours mm-hmm. mark, but the fact that you go to sleep and you get your best sleep in that first four hours, so between 10 and 2, it can actually be better for you than going to sleep at 12 o'clock and getting up at eight. Um, so that, that ties in quite well to what you've just said as well with um, the getting into a habit of uh, 
like going going to sleep at certain times and getting up at certain times. Um, another big one is phones as well, making sure we're not on our phones like an hour before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least if you have to be on your phone and if that's the only chance you get on, on your phone, I know some people are quite busy. It's the only time they can catch up with friends and family and stuff like that. Um, iPhones now have got the night night shift, is it? Mode yeah, yeah. where you Sleep, can turn yeah. off. Yeah, you can turn off the blue light, which is the one that distracts your distracts your sleep. Um, I know, I know, like Fitbits and stuff have sleep trackers, but how how accurate they are, like I I don't know. Um, yeah. Again, you're going to sleep with a watch on then, aren't you? And it can be pretty uncomfortable, yeah. especially if you tend to sleep on your, you know, on your wrists and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but a, a good one I used to use was an app called Sleep Cycle. Um, the pros and cons of it, basically. So it's good because it, mani- it, you know, it looks at your sleep and stuff like that. All you do is stick it under your pillow, your phone under your pillow. You hit the app, pop it under your pillow, and it'll wake you up within a time frame of when you're in a light sleep. So if you set your alarm for you set a range you do so between say six and six thirty in the morning and it'll wake you up at your lightest sleep moment of that time so that you're not in a heavy deep sleep because there's nothing worse than being woken up in a deep sleep as it's horrible um and all that does is sticks on you stick that under your pillow now the the, the downside of it is obviously you've got your phone under your pillow um yeah. you've got you know the, the electronics next to your head and stuff like that you ideally want it away um but that's you know decent enough but i think it a lot of it just comes down to to making it a habit and getting into a routine you know you you could talk about the blue light and stuff like that um you can go really really far into it and say like you know no tv no screens whatsoever an hour before bed and a lot of people just be twiddling their thumbs you know i mean you could pick up a book and do some reading but obviously not everybody wants to do that so i think it's very difficult to find that right balance i mean if you are super serious about it, there's glasses now that you can get with like an orange tint and you put those on and then you just watch everything through them. Um, and that completely blocks out the, the blue light. I mean, on your iPhone, it doesn't block out the blue light that, um, that night shift. It just dims it slightly. Um, and the reason, if you don't know, guys, if you, about the blue light is it will stop your brain from producing melatonin, which is like helps you sleep. So you need that to sleep. And the blue light, makes you stay awake and alert where and it like stops the melatonin being produced in your head basically which is then going to trigger you to sleep so that's why a lot of people find it difficult to sleep um you know pick up the book sleep by nick little hells it's an absolute gem of a book like um and in there he gives like lots of examples as to what to what to do before bed and stuff like that you know he says that if you've got like little potty jobs around the house like um emptying a dishwasher or you know, folding iron and stuff like that, you know, do that before you go to bed, turn off all the devices, turn off all the big lights, have like dim lights on and um, candlelight maybe, and then start pack, you know, folding your laundry and um, putting away the dishes and stuff like that. So you're not um, in front of a screen basically. But obviously yeah. that's, yeah, that's uh, yeah. different. Yeah. Well, we'll move, we'll move on from sleep just before we go into way too much detail. <laughs> too much time out. we've still got three more points <laughs> um so next one we'll go on to recovery luke um so recovery in your eyes what would you define it as and what why is this 
a useful thing to adopt. So recovery for me is, you know, it's, it's a subjective topic really, isn't it? Um, a newbie's recovery is going to be completely different to, you know, perhaps what our recovery is. Mine's probably a lot different to what yours is. Um, but in a nutshell, recovery is probably toning down what you're doing. Sleep will have a big part on this. Your nutrition will have a big part on this. Um, and it's ensuring that your body is going to get back to what's called homeostasis to a degree. So it's kind of repaired, it's back to normal, and then you go again. So recovery, it could be that you increase your calories slightly. It could be that you take a break from the gym. And then if you take a complete break, it could be that you have an active rest or a complete rest. Obviously, an active rest is where you're still going to get your steps. You just might do some light cardio or light jog and stuff like that. Um, but recovery, in essence, is just allowing your body to, you know, repair itself and yeah. not only physically, but mentally as well. I think a lot of people tend to skip over recovery as well. So um, especially when thinking of a goal, they just think of like, um, how much time am I going to train to get to get to where I want to be? I know in the past I've done the same, um, where I've been training pretty much every day. Um, yeah. And if you may be all right doing it for like two, three, four weeks, but then things start to, you start to get tired. Um, you don't perform as well. And there's a higher likelihood that you're going to get injured as well. Yeah. Um, personally, my recovery would be like an active, an active rest on one day and then a complete rest yeah. um, the day after. Um, a lot of people tend to find that moving like on an active rest, going at like just getting the heart rate a little bit raised, getting the blood pumping around the body a little bit more um, is better than a full day rest. But as long as we're not going over that like 50% mark on an active rest day, like an active rest day shouldn't be like you shouldn't be dying during a workout on an active rest day. It's yeah. not really active rest then. Um, no. Again, it I've, comes down to experience, doesn't it? Yeah. On what level I've where you're at. Uh, like 100 calories on the rower. If you go like full on and do it in under 10 minutes, then you're probably not, not getting that active rest. Yeah. You're looking at like a 50% of what your max would be and – yeah. Even if you were to do like bodyweight exercises, squat, hip hinge, stuff like that, it's all slow, just getting moving through it. Yeah. I mean, from a body composition side, you know, you'd have your set program, wouldn't you? It could be like three, four, five days a week. And then the days outside of that then per week, you're looking at rest. You might look at still hitting your steps on that day and then just giving that's it. That's pretty much it. You know, active rest is more performance and CrossFit style, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Whereas like looking from like a, a fat loss or muscle building point of view, you would have a complete rest and you just hit your steps. I mean, yeah. again, goal dependent. If you're looking at building muscle, then, you know, there's an argument there to say why you're burning more calories because you need the fuel. But again, from a mobility point of view, you, you know, you want to recover, don't you? You want to stay relatively healthy around the hips and being seated. Yeah. Isn't going to do that. I, think, I think everyone should think about mobility as well something that I've brought into my, my own training recently. But if we think about on recovery days and doing like 10, 15 minutes of stretching and mobility work, um, not only this is for, for all goals as well. Um, not only are we going to be able to move better, 
but also you are moving that little bit more so i know it it's not quite neat because it's it's like it is like exercise stretching still but you're still upping your calories a little bit um like that you're burning yeah um just by stretching and then it's going to benefit you when you do go back to training as well yeah. and then there's obviously foam rolling and stuff like that isn't there Getting yeah massage work and you know in a nutshell for smr self myofascial release is basically putting pressure onto the muscle like a massage or a foam roller which is then going to undo the knots which is then going to lengthen the muscle which will then allow you to work that muscle a little bit harder next time it comes around yeah cool perfect uh, so point number four, social life. So why is social life important for lifestyle principles? Uh, well, a lot of people, when they go on their fitness journey, they tend to go all in and everything's fitness. You know, they then start to neglect nights out with their friends, you know, social occasions. And then first couple of weeks, it's fine. You know, next couple of weeks, it's a little bit challenging. And then a the few weeks after that, it tends to be the toughest and that's when people tend to go off the off the rails or tend to be one of the reasons why people go off the rails is because they've neglected doing something that they enjoy for so long that it just takes its toll. And then next minute they're out on the lash every weekend, getting smashed, eating pizzas, getting kebabs after the night's out, you know, going for coffee in the day, having cake, blah, 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 you know, with the, I don't know, I can't even make up a silly drink because I don't drink it, but like a caramel latte, that's not even that's a healthy one, isn't it? You know what I mean? You know, a fatty drink from you know Costa or Starbucks and then yeah, yeah. giant muffin with it and you know calories just go out the window so I mean it comes back to including it you know in your lifestyle you know okay you might be on a fitness journey but can you include nights out can you include going out with friends for coffee can you include you know going out for meals and stuff like that and you know yeah you absolutely can it's just having a good balance of it all yeah like Lou said, what you what you don't want to do is sort of neglect that social life side of it. Um, not only for the fact that you're gonna when you go out, there's that risk of just blowing out completely when you when you meet up after a while, but as well, your friends can be there to as a bit of accountability to help you through your fitness journey as well. Um, especially if they're on like a similar, if they've got a similar goal and a similar journey, then you can keep each other accountable. Um, so a social life is more important than what you may think um, in terms of like health and fitness. 100%. And, you know, just to touch on that point as well, you know, there's no reason why you make friends in a gym. You know, it sounds, sounds like strange, at the, at, you know, just saying that, but make friends in a gym. It could be that you've got the same coach and then you get meet up with um, other people that get coached by your coach. And, you know, Rich is a good advocate of this, isn't he? He's always out with his mm. Um, yeah. you know, clients so to speak and um, you know they go out and have fun times and they're, they're out with people that are in the same sort of scenario often if you're on a fat loss journey it's just you out of your say five friends and then you feel kind of isolated so if you've got this other group of friends that are on the same other journey then you've got more in common you know at the current moment yeah. um, I think this is why um, CrossFit has got a, such a huge buy-in because the majority of um, boxes, so gyms, um, are based around a community aspect. So CrossFit as a whole is mostly like classes, and it's all based around community and like um, 
listening to a few people speak about it, um, they want, like a few gym owners, they want their members to be chatting after classes and like hanging around after classes. They don't want, they don't want people just coming into the class and then just leaving straight away as soon as it's finished. They want yeah. people hanging around after it, like chatting, maybe going for a coffee together and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, social life is massive uh, in health, health and fitness. And I find that a lot of people tend to, to leave it to the side. Um, like it's not that important. I put up a um, picture last night of um, a client's progress and it was in a build up to his wedding. So it was fairly strict within the 12 weeks, but he still went out six to eight times, you know, on social occasions, whether it was nights out, stag do's, concerts, blah, blah, blah. And he drank in it. And all he'd done in order to counterbalance it was just be proactive the week before and potentially the week after and just undo what that weekend done. So if he went over by 2000 calories on the weekend, we just a thousand calories less the week before and a thousand calories less the week after and it kind of balanced out and the average was how it you know should be cool perfect um so the last point is me time slash self-development so we were talking about this last night when we were putting our points together um so we'll go into a little bit more detail uh luke i'll let you go into detail of what you th what you want to say about uh, like your own time and self-development and then we'll go into why we've put them on the same one as well okay so me time then you know we all need time to ourselves we all need to do what we we enjoy it could be could be the, the self-development side of things i mean it could be watching a film could be watching a football and it's important because when you've got a busy work life busy family life um and then you throw fitness into that as well you can all get a bit overwhelming and then you feel a bit oh, i haven't done anything that i actually want to do and enjoy and then weeks go by it's similar to the social life you know um weeks can go by you haven't done anything that you actually enjoy and then you ended up binning off um food prep going to the gym and um, keeping active because you haven't done anything that you actually enjoy like watch the football so it could be then that you sit in all weekend to watch the football binge watch films and stuff like that so it's important to incorporate that into your you know week if you like maybe not on a daily basis but certainly on a weekly basis allow two to three days or two to three nights of doing something yeah um with with your own time like like luke said it's about doing stuff that you want to do um but i put self i put self-development in there as well because at the same time, you could be doing something to learn a little bit more. Um, so I know for a lot of people, like getting a coach is like, they class it as me time, but that's also self-development. So from that coach, especially if they've got like someone that is in it for the right reasons and everything, um, they'll be educated on training, nutrition. So they'll be developing their knowledge, um, but also they're seeing it as their own time and doing it for themselves. Um, similar to reading, I said, um, I said to Luke yesterday, um, like self, we said like self-development for just the average gym goer isn't usually a big lifestyle principle that you do. Um, and that we we tend to be 
a little bit different where self-development is massively important to us. Um, and that, like, I know Luke, for example, has, um, like, set times that he'll do, like, reading and, and stuff like that. Um, but this can be done in that me time. And if you enjoy reading, why not read something about nutrition or read something about sleep, like the book Luke said about before? Read that and help improve your lifestyle that way. 100%. And, um, you know, obviously you, you're training your brain then, aren't you? It's going to be more active, you're going to be more intelligent. You know, you could even look at something like learning a new language um, or mad stuff. Like if you've got a hobby and it might be that you've always been curious about history or science, you know, just read a little bit about that. You know, there's so many benefits to actually challenging yourself and learning new things. And, you know, it's considered brain training, stuff like that. And it's been proven that, I, I don't, uh, it's basically been proven that you're more, active as you get older mentally if you do it from an earlier age you know you keep your mind more active now then you're going to benefit more when you're older so there's you know tons of benefits tons of options what you can do find a field or subject that you enjoy and just go into it awesome perfect i think we've covered all five points in uh quite a bit of detail to be fair there um so what we'll do is We'll link the, we'll put a link to the book that you mentioned before about sleep, Luke. Um, and there's a few other things that we've mentioned. We'll go back and listen through it um, and put any links and stuff in the description. Um, and we'll leave it there for today. Uh, so that, that is the six lifestyle principles that we think that you should adopt in 2019. Um, so thank you for listening, everyone. Um, and remember, make progressive a habit. Cool. Cheers, dude.